The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. And recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley here with Elisa Woods. The entire Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Road. And thanks to our sponsorship with the Wild Road Casino and Resorts, where we record in the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Studio. Also, Elisa, this is episode 86. We're creeping up on 100. We need to shout out to our friends at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State who have been our longest uh, supporter of the podcast and sponsor of the podcast. So shout out to our friends at Ivy. We yeah, I think so. I learned something new. They changed it. It's not dead week anymore. It is prep week, which I kind of like. I always was kind of like dead week. Like nothing's dead. I'm like working so hard to like study and yeah that was always such a misnomer and, yeah because you was, dead when you get that you think dead week you think oh i'll have quiet time yeah to, to prepare no no, no it was no, never no. quiet no. it's always stressful yeah so prep week yes prep and week i like shout it. I think out that's next to week. our shout out to our um ivy students who are listening i saw a tweet that said um welcome to the worst two weeks of being a college student and <laughs> You know, I have to agree. Those two weeks or whatever it is between when Thanksgiving break is over and when finals start are really no fun. So <laughs> yeah. if you're an Ivy student or an Iowa State student in general listening, we're here cheering you on and we're glad we're not you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll study. I did do some studying today. There's for the podcast. A little, yeah, there's a little nugget for you. I did some yes. studying today. Yeah. So. so Lisa has a fun little segment um, that we're going to get to after we kind of review the weekend because it was a busy weekend. Um, started with basketball earlier in the week, but I think we should just get out the get the elephant in the room out of the way and talk about the loss to TCU with football. There's not a lot to say. Yeah. There's nothing worth analyzing at this point. <laughs> it just felt a little bit like they gave up yeah and that's a scary feeling we you and i have mentioned so many times that apathy is when things start to get really worrisome and i think we might be there yeah yeah we've we've heard some rumbling we're, we're recording on monday night a little later than usual um it's a late night for this dynamic duo but we've heard some <laughs> rumblings on the twitter machine of a couple people um heading into the transfer portal and i'm not surprised by that after this season yeah after last season it, i i feel like last season should have kind of been a uh, I don't know. Just like a, a warning of what was to come possibly because mm -hmm. last season should have, we should have performed quite a bit better than we did. And then this season when there weren't any expectations whatsoever, we kind of lived up to them. And <laughs> that's so, a great way to put that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's been a bummer of a, of a two seasons here mm -hmm. and kind of for, two different reasons yeah. and um i don't know i am not one calling for coach matt campbell to leave i don't think that that's either. the move i don't think that that's the move however 
I don't want to see a successful, what we've built as a successful football program with successful recruiting. I don't want to see that run into the ground the way that our basketball team, unfortunately, yeah. was. Yes. Just, the wrong people were in the, the wrong positions in basketball. And I mm-hmm. think that like, that's a trend. I think that there are some of the wrong individuals in some of the wrong positions um, on the coaching staff for the football team. And I would like to see some changes made because the changes that we asked for after last season weren't made and we saw a worse season. Yeah. So very curious to see kind of what happens in the, probably nothing before Christmas. You don't want to can anybody before Christmas. That's messed up. But the crazy part is, you're right. Except the coaching carousel has already started. Yeah. And so part of it is you want to make moves so that you can take advantage of the people who are out there on that crazy carousel. So I think it might happen faster than we think. Um, or it doesn't happen at all. And we all smash our heads against the wall, but well, I I think there's, there's one position that's vacant special team. Right. Then maybe we could just fill. Yeah. Don't you think at a minimum that has to happen? Yes. I think at a minimum that has to happen. Otherwise fans are going to, including myself, are going to be real pissed. Yeah. I think there's another elephant in the room, but we'll see. That's I'll just a... say it. I think you have to shake <laughs> off the offensive coaching, shake yeah. up the offensive coaching yeah. staff. I don't even know if it's a termination, if it's a, you know, thanks for everything, but see you later. Yeah. But I agree with you that the wrong people are in the wrong places and yeah. maybe they, the, maybe they are the right people in a different position. So it's true. we'll see. But I did think, I don't know if you saw Travis Hines tweeted um, after the game, Deshaun Hanika said, people got to buy in. And if you're not willing to buy in, you need to leave because we're coming on a mission. I will not be the embarrassment of the Big 12 again. And I felt like that was double edged because one, good for you, Deshaun, yeah. for taking that stand and putting yourself in a leadership position um, going into the offseason. But two, that means there are people that are not bought in. And that mm-hmm. bums me out, especially when... Coach Campbell has developed this this culture and I think mm-hmm. largely has been successful in doing so, but there's cracks in it right now. And yeah. that's got to get we got to figure that out, too. Yeah, definitely. There's nobody shouting like five star culture from the <laughs> from Not the right now. Here. Not right now. That's for sure. I do think, however, that um, we talked about this in the podcast last week. I do think TJ Otzelberger is building a five-star culture. Definitely. We talked about how those guys are bought in and what a weekend they had out in Portland at the Phil Knight Invitational. Both men, bas- men's basketball and women's basketball go two and one, find themselves both in the championship games. I would say the women, I expected them to be there. You know, your top 10 in the nation, um, that's what that's what you have to go out and do. The men, yeah. we had no idea, and they did exactly what they do, and that was grind out another win um, against the number one team in the nation. What a game that was against Oh, my North gosh. Carolina. I mean, Caleb Grill. What? Caleb what? Grill. Caleb mother freaking Grill. Like, I'm so happy for him because he's... He just is so streaky. So, yeah. but you know, he's got it. He just showed yeah. it. Well, and, he and works then, the, his tail then, then the next game was a little rough for him. Right. Like, like non-existent. The epitome of streaky, I think. But also like we have to say, okay, well, well, UConn just literally watched oh, him man. light it up. They're yes. going to like face guard him. And basically. UConn, man, they are a good team. 
they are, are really a good, good team. team. And honestly, like, I think that that game, I think it was closer than the numbers showed. Agree a hundred percent. I definitely do. And like, I was, I was listening to the commentators kind of do their, you know, what they always do. And just like talk and, you know, chat like we're on vacation. My (laughs) wife's doing this, you know, but there was just a lot of like, gosh, darn this UConn freshman. Gosh, darn this UConn team, yada, yada, this UConn team. And it was like, you better watch out for us. Like, I agree. You better watch out for us. And I'm almost glad that both, like, I'm not glad that both these teams lost. I wish that they both could have won the tournament. That would have been epic. But, like, I would rather them lose now yes. than almost any other time. Absolutely. Than almost and any other time. With the men specifically, the women are a little bit different because with the exception of Suarez, they, most of them, you know, they've been around each other and they, they're definitely should be gelling if they're not already. But the, the men, you know, these are a lot of new players and you go into a tournament like this, the same thing happened last year when they are out in New York, where you develop this camaraderie, you figure out how to play together in the course of a week where you're, you know, you have to, because these games are back to back and you figure out what works really fast. You figure out what doesn't work really fast. And I just, I mean, I think we, I think there's probably three pieces for the men specifically. Officiating is huge. We play our balls off on defense. And if an official is going to call this ticky tack touch stuff, we're in big trouble. Right. Um, and that's what we saw at the start of the Yukon game. Oh sure. my God. And then they flipped it. They just stopped blowing the whistle in the second yeah. half because I think they probably saw the stat sheet and were like, Oh crap. Oh. Right. Right. And I, that drives me crazy. And I, I mean, that's human nature. I get it, but that's going to be a problem. Um, rebounding is going to be a problem. And I tweeted this last um, Sunday night. It's weird to me that these guys who play this gritty, tough defense give up so many rebounds. And I fully recognize that a lot of it is you're playing good defense. So you're getting weird shots, long rebounds. That's not what was going on last night. Last night they were were giving up a ton of rebounds around, you know, in that cylinder and that around the hoop. And that can't keep happening. And obviously this is no surprise to anyone, but (laughs) if we have a bad offensive night, like we did for the most part last night where it's our defense will claw us back into games. But if we can't get Caleb grill or Gabe Kalsher or someone to hit a three here and there, it's going to be long. It's exactly what happened last year. Um, and there were games last year where you and I wanted to pull our hair out with our yeah. bad offense, but they play hard every game. And if, as so long as they're playing like that, I'm in, I'm yeah. bought in. Yeah, definitely. I think like what we give up, mm-hmm. like I think mostly is skill in with the bigs and I don't know if we've really had skill with the bigs since like McKay and I don't even know like he was good but he was never strong though right right. these guys are strong yeah yeah and so it's like but we have and we have strong post guys but just not a ton of like skill there yeah, I think it's like and brute I, strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like our guards, we have a lot of skill there. I think we've always had a lot of skill at point guard, especially like historically we've had skill at point guard. And I think that that's the rebounding 
is going to have to be effort because we don't have skill. We don't yeah, have that right. footwork. There's, we don't have. And there's no, there's a lot. You think of George Yang down low, you think finesse. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was slow, but he, and he wasn't necessarily super, you know, didn't have the brute strength, but he had finesse. Right. These guys don't have that. They're just, right. they're big. And I think that I, I'm so glad that they're, that's not a criticism. It's just yeah. different play. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just think that like, if we could get a true center, you know, a true like skilled center instead of like, uh, might be a forward, you know, <laughs> could be, you know, who knows? I think know? we're closer there this year than we have been in a lot of years. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that by, you know, maybe midway through the season conference play, we can have some of that. I mean, we ha- we can have more of that yeah. true. I hope I so. think also like we're totally spoiled by the women team with oh gosh. I'm going to say it the way that they say it on the radio because it's it's like beautiful Suarez Suarez with the so rolled I was R. I was trying to um our friend Mia we were arguing about how you say it so Jamie Steyer yeah says it so I can't roll my R's so Suarez. pretend I'm rolling my Suarez so it's like a three syllable Suarez. Suarez and I can't roll my R's yeah so I don't I just say so it just, something. You don't say just, it right. I do. But I don't think you do. I do. You but you're saying it as like two syllables. I think it's three. So I said Sawadez. Okay, that Suarez. was good. <laughs> it's like a D almost. That's Anyways. Not, in call or sorry, in um high school choir, I'd say D's to fake rolling my R's because I, I never <laughs> I love it. Okay, but yes, your point is but yeah, right. Um She's epic so, freaking uh, big 12 player so of the good. week yes big 12 that? player of the week oh my yeah. gosh what time. a game she had in yeah. that first especially that first half of the championship game against yeah. another number eight north carolina she was dominant rebecca lobo was like foaming at the mouth in awe of her she was she was compared to rebecca lobo at one point and i was yes. like what Yes. And Rebecca Lobo was talking about how she thinks she could be a really good pro prospect. And yeah. it was just like, what? Iowa State? Yeah. What? That's us? Well, I mean, we know like that's why she came to Iowa yes. State. Like yes. that's why she decided to play a year of D1 ball is that yeah. she would like to play um, professionally. And I think she can. Like yeah. definitely think she you- can. I can't, I think it was our friend Scoots, Connor Ferguson, who covers the women for Cyclone Fanatic. But I think it was him who said, you can see in just this short span of non-conference games, how much she has improved from game one to now, mm-hmm. because this is not a dock on uh, a, a knock on NAIA, but there is a different skill level. There's a different yeah. aggressiveness and toughness. And you could tell that she had not been tossed around as much yeah. as she's going to be um at the D1 Big 12 level and it was probably a little bit jarring at first yeah. but she's getting the hang of it and she's getting the hang of it fast yeah and she was completely dominant in the first half and if she hadn't gotten in foul trouble she would have remained dominant the whole game against North Carolina and one of the things that i think that shows that she will be dominant i mean i i think she's going to be dominant this season and will play too. in the in the next um, and like, I think she'll be in the league, but I think that she just sees the court well Yeah, and she is an underrated passer, absolutely underrated passer. There was one point where, um, she had made a really great pass, um, had, 
the the trip before and they came back down and <clears throat> they passed it down to her and i don't remember who was out um on the wing wide open and she was like triple teamed mm-hmm. you know and, and she tried to fight through the t- triple team for a layup and missed it whatever ball went out of bounds and you, they zoomed into her and she said to whoever it was out in the wing like my bad you know i saw you out there right she it, she didn't she didn't miss her. She didn't miss the wide open she player. Just the, she just yes. made the wrong decision. Right. And so right. I think that like she she sees the floor well. She is a, a great passer. And I think that being as big as she is, she's going to get double, triple teamed. Yes. If she can in that moment start to make that decision to to hit it out to to Maggie to you know send it out to Ashley whatever yeah Yeah. I mean we have incredible three-point shooters and I think that that could really like that in and out game could really be our thing um and it's all it's her like she is what we were missing yes last year and she is what we hoped for this year and I think she's ticking all those boxes so can we talk about that so Iowa State gives up a 17 point lead in the championship game against UConn and loses. And I'll be honest with you, that's the most angry, the angriest I've been about a sporting event in a long time. I was I, pissed. I turned into a real bitch and I told my husband <laughs> there was 50 seconds left. And I said, I don't want to watch this. And he kind of laughed and I was like, I'm serious. I yeah. don't want to watch us lose this game. Turn it. And he's like, oh, I was okay. mad. But here's, and I think it's because... You saw in that first half what we can do. That second half was what happens when we rely on what we did last season. Yeah. And so here are my thoughts going forward. Ashley Jones does not have to be what she was last year. And frankly, she shouldn't be. Last year, she had to, and all years prior, frankly, she had to force a lot of shots down low because we never Mm -hmm. had a true big. And she... She was, she is and was a magician down there. She makes shots that she has no business making, but she doesn't have to do that anymore. She doesn't have to force it. What she can do is rely on Suarez to, to get, to make those um, shots that she was trying. If Suarez, exactly like you said, Elisa, if she's getting doubled or tripled, then you have Ashley open or somebody else open. Ashley is a phenomenal jump shot shooter, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. um, But she is. So that opens things up for her. And on top of all of that, we don't have to rely on the three ball, which is what Iowa State has been known for for all of these years. We don't have to do that anymore, and we need to stop it. Yeah. So we need to break this habit of relying on what has worked in the past or relying on what we had to do in the past because our strength clearly is exactly what you said, that in and out game. We can completely dominate teams when we play the game that this team is built to play. Yeah. You cannot, another team cannot stop Ashley Jones, Suarez, and our, our guards. three point guards. Like yeah. you, you can't, there's no way that you can stop all of us. So yeah. then it comes down to our defense and it comes down to us staying out of foul trouble. Foul trouble. Yeah. Okay. So that's another thing. And I don't think this was the issue in the North Carolina game. I don't. Um, I've noticed with officiating in women's basketball this year um, that it is very inconsistent when you have big shooting the ball and the defender is straight up. Anytime there's contact, the foul is called. Yeah. And they've got to stop that. 
Um, It's breaking the game. And I, again, I don't think, I I think the fouls that were called on um, Suarez yesterday, last Sunday night were fine. Like that's not the issue, but um, I noticed, I've noticed that all year. That's something that's, they really need to stop doing that. Let the girls be, let these women be more aggressive. Yeah. Um, One last thought I have on how this team reaches the ceiling that I think it can is we need to get meaner. We have to stop being so Iowa state nice. Yeah. And I know that this Iowa state women's basketball team is known as, you know, a team of really respectful um, women, good manners. Don't complain, you know, don't, don't bitch at officials. I, those things can all still be true while we're mean on the floor. And, um, Emily Ryan had that look in her eye a lot last year. I haven't seen it quite yet this year. I'm sure it'll come up, but we just need to be meaner. Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot. I think it was our last time that we talked. I've been thinking a lot about what I said about like this, this team not having a personality. And yeah. I'm like, I've really stewed on that. Cause I'm like, what is that? That I feel like this team doesn't have a personality. Cause that's not like, I, I don't mean that they're not a good team. I don't mean that they don't work hard, but I think that that kind of ties into it. Like there the isn't, meanness. yeah, there isn't a meanness. There isn't like a, a spark. There's just skill and yeah. hard work. And there's just, And I know that there's a passion. Like we know Emily Ryan, we know she has a passion. There's a passion there, but I wonder what it is, like what it is blocking that passion on the, on the court. Is it like that they're so disciplined? Is that what it is? I don't know. And I, you know, it's, I, it's interesting because you'll see um, Maggie Espen Miller McGraw after she, she had a great game Sunday night yeah. against North Carolina. She hit a couple of threes and she's fist pumping and screaming yeah. down the floor. And I was like, hell And yeah. I was like, this is what normal players do all the time. <laughs> but the fact that she showed any emotion whatsoever yeah. on this Iowa State team was shocking in yeah. a good way. Yeah. And I want yeah. more of that. And she is so expressive too. Yes. I love she that. She might about be the her. only one. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie, I, we need more of you. I know. I want to let it out. <laughs> I wonder if there is, uh, I wonder if this is a question for Billy. We've had Billy um, Fenley on a couple times. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to ask him. What's up? What's up? I think that's a great idea. Sometimes he listens. Let's test him. Let's test him and see if he's listening right now. Billy, let us know. You got our numbers? Let us know. What's up? Yeah, I just, um, did did Emily Ryan rip everybody's, be open once they got into the <laughs> once they got back into the locker room after that game. Let us know. Let us know. I think the Cyhawk matchup is going to be Oof. a slugfest for both the men and the women. A doozy. I mean, like, there's no love loss between those teams. And- I'm not gonna lie. So I have not watched a single second of Iowa play either men's or women's. I've watched I- a couple of their women's games. I told you this. They're beatable. <laughs> They are yeah. so beatable. I mean, obvi, we're going to beat them. Obvi, they've been beat. So, well, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I make one quick comment before we jump yeah. to your cool idea? Yeah. Okay. So, way. Bill Walton calls the men's game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how do you, How do you feel about Bill Walton? I figured um, out what pisses me off so much. That's kind of out. what I was saying about like he just sort of wanders. It's like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. But like, a, like high and drunk squirrel. Yeah. But just okay. kind of like, 
oh, oh, sorry, I'm calling a, a basketball like, game. I, I get this. it. I appreciate why people find him entertaining. Okay, yeah. I, it's not my type of entertainment, yeah. but I can appreciate. But here's what bugs me, and I know, and this is a safe space for me to say this because there are people I could say this to where they'd be like me, 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 and Twitter is one of those places. So I would never say this publicly. I'm just saying it to all of my closest friends on a podcast. A woman could never get away with but oh gosh no absolutely not (laughs) because can you imagine putting a like yeah bill walton at one point said well iowa state's winning no no no." and the other guy was like no they're losing can you imagine if a woman said that like his heads would explode is he the jimmy buffett of uh, (laughs) commentating yes that's anyway, that's I figured it out. It's been really yeah. bothering me and I figured it, it's just like come on. I mean, not even like if a woman did it. It's just like Well, what, I mean, yeah, you're right. Come but back to us, that. Bill. Come back to us. Anyways. Circle back around. All right. Let me tell you really quickly <laughs> I think about it. I will about. say we may have sang a different tune had we won that game. <laughs> If he had, oh no, no, not me. Okay, okay. I can't stand him. I would be singing another tune if we had. That's fair. I appreciate that honesty. I really do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me tell you about our friend Hope Wood before we get into Elisa's fun segment. Hope Wood is a lawyer that has a really cool will in a day program. Um, If you sit down with her, fill out her form, you can get your entire will put in a little package in just the course of a few hours. And then she goes over everything with you and bam, just like that, you're done. Check her out at hopewoodjd.com and use the promotion of word fanatic for $50 off her will in a day program. She's a great uh, person, big supporter of the podcast and Cyclone fan. Check her out, hopewoodjd.com. All right, Elisa, tell the listeners your brilliant idea. So I thought that we could all just sit around, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya, Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was a good idea. That was good stuff. Thank you. you. The voice of an angel, one might say. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. That was melodic. I enjoyed that. Um, So... I was just trying to think about anything but us losing that game the other day, um, yesterday. And I was just thinking about like how epic, um, our three point shooting is. And I was thinking about like, well, didn't wait time out. Didn't this come up when Caleb went bananas from the three point? It did. It did. Um, and then I started to do a little digging when he, didn't go bananas (laughs) and i was like i wonder where not necessarily where he stands because i think that he is maybe not consistent quite consistent enough um to to land in the record books but still one of our faves he is absolutely still one of our faves um so i was thinking like who who are the greatest of all time for iowa state yeah. For Iowa yeah, I State basketball three point shooters. Who are the who are the goats? So I did a little research. Um and research. 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 Um into the three point shooters um at Iowa State. And there's a couple that I am like, yeah. And then uh, then I'm a, a couple like most three point goals made in a game 
um i was Can looking I, at the, at the oh, top sorry. 10 list and there were a couple names that i was like huh. there was one name in particular that i was like huh okay I, can I guess? Yeah, yeah. The women. The, okay, I. Oh, think you got the I, women. Okay. Well, can I? I where, don't know if you where have. Yeah. What do you want to? My do? Guess, do you guess for the most three pointers made in a single game by an Iowa State female. Okay. Because I think I was. I think I. We were in college at this time. Was it Heather Azell? So yes, she had ten. Yeah, but she oh. ties. Oh, Stacey ties. Stacy Freeze. Oh. Also oh, had ten both. against Drake in '99. Yes, that, so, I have a vivid memory of the Heather Ezel game. Yes, yeah. So um, we, depending on where in the season it was, we may not have been in college um, at that time. In 2007, I graduated. Oh, I guess I graduated December of 2007. So, yeah. I was there till 2009. So, okay. I don't know who this we is that you're talking about. <laughs> um, we. We, we. We, we. Um, okay, I didn't mean to derail you. I was just no, thinking okay, about yeah. that. So, okay. yes. Three-point field goals made. So, but I was looking at the men's list, too. The most field goals made. Also, 10 is the is record an, in a game. Oh, who is it? Lucas Steiger. Oh my gosh, Luca! In two thousand nine, yeah, that was the was that the Big Four Classic? Must have been November seventeenth against Drake. So yeah, would have been the Big Big Four. Or was that if we were doing that Big Four at that point? I think that was I think that was actually at Drake. Now I'm thinking about the Big Four was usually in December, and December tenth ish. Either way, also remember that game. Yeah. Luca Steyer. Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Luca. So, like, Dietrich Willoughby was in the top yeah. 10 a couple times. Naz Big. was in the top 10. Craig Back- Craig Brackens. Brackens. Oh, my gosh. This That's is the fun. one that I was like, huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hoiberg was, was in Fred there on once. there? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Tyler Maddie? Hunter was Maddie in Ice? there once. Matt Thomas is not in the top 10, but he was in the top 20 a couple times. What so, about Scotty? Um, I don't think that he was um on that list. I didn't I didn't notice him. Is on this that in list. a game? Is this in a single a, game? That was in a single game, yeah. Okay. So he was on a couple other lists that I have here. So uh season, the most three pointers in a season, the number one was Diedrich Willoughby. Mm-hmm. This is like 96, 97. Um, and he was in the top 10 twice. Um, Michael nurse was Naz was once, um, Donovan Jackson once Tyrus McGee, Matt Thomas, Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Thomas was in the top 10 twice. And then, um, Scotty was in there one time and then career here are the career numbers. I mean, can you guess who the career do you know off the top of your head? I would guess Jake Sullivan. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Woo! Um Woo-hoo! with 270. And then Naz um second with 260, Matt Thomas, um, Scott Christopherson, Diedrich Willoughby, Diedrich Willoughby. And the thing about him is I think he only played two years. Is that right? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, then Niang, Hoiberg, Monte Morris, Tyrus McGee, um, and then Michael Nurse, who I think both Tyrus McGee and Michael Nurse only played two years. 
What a um, rich recent history we've had. I know. I know. That is what kept like I kept thinking about. I was like, okay, this is interesting because I also saw like some of the dynamic duos Mm -hmm. and like the Naz and Matt Thomas were the top dynamic duo. Well, yeah. And that overlap of so many of those players, man. Yeah. Yeah. We were were living in the good old days. Jackson and and Wigington. Mm hmm. Um, Corey Lucius and Tyrus oh, McGee. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and then Hoiberg and Beecham in 94-95 um, wrapped up kind of the top four of those dynamic duos. Uh, and I will say that I'm not only saying this because he was one of my favorite players, but Jake Sullivan was the only player to hold the three-point scoring percentage team record oh. for four years. Oh, wow. I had it for three. Good job, Scott. Good job. We're Scott. almost We're proud there. of you. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> You're almost great. <laughs> JK, JK. Oh God. You're great. Please don't. <laughs> um, we already have a couple, uh, we have a couple haters already. We don't need any more. Um, you know, you know who I'm talking you about. You know who you are. If you, you know, know who you know. are, somebody throws the ball, somebody catches the ball <laughs> <laughs> and somebody stole our, our, what is it called when we're done? What we say at the end? The, cl- I mean, the catchphrase. The closing? Our clothes. Somebody their names that. are Todd Blythe and some other guy. Are their names r- rhyme with Laud Flythe? <laughs> and, and Fret. Rhett. Byer. No, Rhett Byer. Rhett Byer. <laughs> okay, we're idiots. Um, anyways, now on to the ladies. The ladies, we talked about Heather and Stacy, two of the faves. So percentage, three-point percentage in a game. And I thought this was interesting because in a game. How many game, do you have to have? Like how many, what's the minimum? Um, th- There wasn't really a minimum. They just took like the top 10. I mean, so, the min- does it say the minimum sh- um, shots required? Yes. Yeah. How many? And I don't remember. <laughs> um, But I Probably will say. Like three. So in the men, the the best, listen to me, the best percentage in a game, obviously a hundred percent, some people had a hundred percent, but Ron Bayless had went five for five. Scott Christopherson went five for five twice. Chris Babb went five for five. Mario Shayok five for five. Jazz Coons went five for five. And Heather Ezell went six for six that game. Or sorry, 10 for 10, right? Wait, what? Um, so the women, the oh wait, we, we, yeah, three point Stacy Freeze went eight for eight in ninety nine. Kirsten Kirsten Scott went seven oh, for seven. Stacy Freeze went seven for seven. Emily Ryan went six for six last year again. OK State. Kelsey Bolte went six for six, and a few others went six for six. And it's like the dudes went five for five. Are like, aren't there any better? I in suppose, though, if you think about that's kind of our bread and butter for women. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. That just that surprised me. That surprised me. And somebody's going to be like, but the defense is <laughs> was Allison Lacey on any of these lists? Um, Allison Lacey was on a couple of the lists. I know I wrote her date, her name, Allison with one L. 
She was on the list of single season three point field goals made. She had 87. She was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eighth on the list, which is epic. I mean, this list is like Stacey Freeze, Tara, I know. Tara Gunderson, Ashley Jones, mm-hmm. Lexi Donarski, mm-hmm. Kelsey Bolte, Heather Zell, the Stacey Freeze again, Allison Lacey, Stacey Freeze again. Kelsey Bolte, like insanity. Again, with the exception of Stacey Freeze, look at that rich recent history too. Right. Those are all like names in the last 10 years. Right. Yeah. Gosh, we're very lucky. I know. It's, it's very cool to see some of these names on here. So anyway, so I did all of this research and I was like, now how do I find the best ladies and gentlemen? So I broke it into a couple categories because the men's and the women's historical data is not exactly like kept in the same way and so i was kind of going back and forth between two different things and i was like i need this in a spreadsheet stat so i made a spreadsheet so that's when you know it's getting serious yes when you break out the excel (laughs) we have more most three-point goals made in a game most three-point goals made in a season and most three-point goals made in a career and then we have percentage in a game percentage Mm. in a season and percentage in a career okay And so I wrote down the top one. Some of them were tied. So I had to write down two. the top one, except for the percentage in a game, because there were multiple. Right. right, Were a hundred percent. So I wrote down all that were 100%. So we're going to go through and see what name pops up on here the most and deem them. The the I mean, do you do you agree or do you disagree with this method? I think it's completely scientifically accurate. I see no holes. Yeah. And if I were to peer review this, I'd say you're goddamn right. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. So here we go. Um, <laughs> most three point goals made in a game. Lucas Steiger, mm-hmm. Heather Azell and Stacey mm-hmm. Freeze were tied. So they're both on here. So they each have a point. So I'm going to, I'm going to put these guys down here. You guys can't see this, but you just have to trust me. Just so, imagine an Excel spreadsheet yep. in your head as she you got goes. one point, one point, one point. So most three point goals made in a season for the men, Diedrich Willoughby. So we got to, we got to add him to the list do, do, mm-hmm. do, 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 down to a 11, then Stacy freeze women. Oh, she has two guys. So she has the early lead here. Most three point goals made in a career, Jake Sullivan, and Heather Azell. So Jake Sullivan has Uno and Heather now has two. So two. Heather and Stacy are the tied. Front, the front runners. Yeah. The early front runners. Yep. So percentage in, in a game. The people the 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 folks that we have, and there's a few other women that went six for six. Um, but I there were so many of them. And they did not show up anywhere else on the list. So and you so just canned them? I canned them. I yep. said, sorry, babe, next time. Ron, <laughs> Ron Bayless, one point. Scott Risk, Scott, Scott Riscofferson. Bro, how did they fit his name on the back of the jersey? Is that when they stopped putting names on the backs of jerseys? They, <laughs> they were just like, put Scotty yeah. C. Yeah. Chris Babb, Mario Shayok. Oh, Chris Babb. I know. Chris Babb. What a cutie. Um, Jazz, he doesn't get 11. He just gets one. That was a slip of the finger. Stacy Freeze. Another now one. She has three. She's our Let's leader. Let's see. Kristen Scott. 
we'll move her up. Let's go delete this cell. What do you, where do you, can you just guess where I want it to go? Shift the cells up. Okay. Chris is a uh, Stacy freeze is on oh there gosh. again, babe Four. So she has four. So she is for Heather Zell's to everyone else right now is Uno. We got Emily Ryan on there and Kelsey Bolte. So we're going to give each of them Uno point one, one, one. All right. So now we're on to the season percentage. So we have Jake Sullivan and Lindsay Wilson, which is Lindsay Wilson, Lindsay Metters. No. Who's I, who's Lindsay Wilson? Did I miss <laughs> Lindsay Wilson? Because What's there was the a picture person? and it looked like Lindsay Metters, but it said it was Lindsay Wilson. And I was like, do they look the same? No, this is confused. No. This confused me and made me confused is what it did because there was a, i think maybe the picture Lindsay is wilson played in like um the early 2000s okay well maybe she's miss <clears throat> maybe this photo is mislabeled that could is be it, is also is it uh, this is gonna she was really... an all-american so it's not how matters but when the early 2000s I was I was there early 2000. I was there 2003. I'm telling you, I know this to be true. Let okay. me look. I need to I need to go back in time. Well, she, clearly she's not going to she's not going to win because there's only one more category. No, so I know. But I would like to know more about her is the she thing was, that I'm trying. She was to an all American in 2003. Where First was team. I? I guess I, I know. was just graduating. Lindsay, if you're out there, I I really just want to get to know a little bit more about you because you, you owe Lindsay Wilson an apology, no, Elisa. I want to yeah, get to know you her. Do. I want to have coffee with her. I've started drinking coffee, so I didn't Lindsay, know you didn't you drink coffee, coffee before that. No, I was a chai girl, but I knew that. Goodness gracious, sure. do you know how many calories are in chai? Yeah, and I didn't want know, to tell you that, but you know how much sugar? Yeah, that's the I, problem. And I go yeah. sky high, and then I. Okay, can I just say I'm pretty sure that they went to the Sweet Sixteen with her too. Okay, I'm going to send you okay. the picture, and you tell me if that doesn't look like Lindsay. Meyers. I mean, that's fine. Like, but did you guys put the wrong person here? Because <laughs> okay. Anyway, keep going. I got real worked up. Okay. Jake Sullivan is also on there. So Jake is going to get another point. Where are you, Jake? You have two now. And then the last is career percentage. We have Scott Christofferson and Stacy Freeze. Do, 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 let me guess. Hold on. Let me give Scott his point. And let me put Stacy freeze in there. Now I'm going to delete everything. And then I'm going to just, um, so this is official. I want to sort largest to smallest expand the selection. Yes. Go ahead and expand that selection. That would be the number one greatest of all time. Three point shooter in Iowa state basketball history is Stacy. Stacy That's what's up. Number two is Heather Azell. Number three is tied Jake. with Jake and Scott Christofferson. Hey, that's good company. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Bronze. What? I. What are we gonna do with this information? I think we should probably let Stacy know. 
Stacy, what if she listened to the? I'm sure somebody has a connection to Stacy Freeze. Stacy, we just crowned you officially. Any we other crown you you've gotten before has been false. Yeah. This one's the one true crown. The greatest three point shooter in Iowa State basketball history is Stacy, as Freeze. confirmed by Lisa's foolproof scientific yeah. peer reviewed method. I feel, and I honestly like, what else do you want from me? What else do you want from me? Nothing. This this was perfect. Yeah, I'm told, I'm agreeing with you. I couldn't agree okay. more. Well, you're laughing. That's because that was fun. I've never been so an entertained by someone narrating their um, information that they're inputting into an Excel spreadsheet. Steph, my computer is going to die. I got to text my husband. Okay, carry okay, let's on. Take, let's take, take a, a break. break. Jeez Louise. We're brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cycling gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, cabs, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right. So back from the break, Elisa, I have good news. Tell me. The Iowa State volleyball team is headed to the NCAA tourney as a six seed. On Sunday night, we found out that the Cyclones, as the six seed, will take on Florida Gulf Coast this Friday, December 2nd at 3.30 p.m. in Gainesville, Florida. The winner of that game will move on to meet Florida or Florida A&M on December 3rd at 6 p.m. It's a lot of Florida schools in that little pod right there. Florida's the three seed. We're the six seed. So, um, And for what it's worth, in case you're looking ahead, Wisconsin is the number one seed in our bracket should we have that much success. So something to keep an eye on. The Big 12 had five teams. Iowa State, obviously. Baylor, Kansas, TCU, and Texas, who was the number one overall, uh, sorry, the overall number one seed in the tournament. That's the Wisconsin highest won it last year, right? I can't remember. I yeah, that I was one of the things I was going to look up. Um, but they're always dominant, just like Texas, or at least in recent history have been. The Big 12 had the highest percentage of teams going to the tournament um, in of any conference in the country. The Big 12 is tough in volleyball. But Iowa State makes its 16th trip in program history to the tournament. 15 of those happened other uh, under head coach Christy Johnson Lynch. Elisa, after the season, we should try to get her on the podcast. She's had ridiculous success. Are you, you know what? I just Googled it and I was like, this couldn't be. How is it Hawaii? You've got to be kidding me. I looked up NCAA Volleyball Championship 2022 and it gave me the men's championship. You Okay. You have that, got to be kidding me. Do you, you know how hard it is for me not to drop drop just F bomb after F bomb? The men have a volleyball championship? You've got to be kidding me. This is what's wrong, people. I'm this is what's wrong. Heated. This is what's wrong with everything. Oh everything God. i'm heated why would i want the men's championship i love how just saying sports defaults to men that's my right. favorite yes wisconsin won it last year i knew thanks they google did. for nothing i'm pissed i'm I using i'm using ask jeeves from now on <laughs> Google's done. They're canceled. Ask You're dead Jeeves. to me, Google. Only ask Jeeves for life. Okay, back to Iowa State. Iowa State concludes the regular season with a 19 and 11 overall record. 
We beat two ranked teams for the first time since 2016. It's the first time we've had a 10 win big 10 win big 12 conference season since 2017. So this team is, and they beat number one, Texas, the overall one seed. They can beat anybody. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, like Dang, I said, they, one seed's going down. Iowa State is uh, the Black Widow for one seeds. Here's the deal, though. What? T-shirt idea. Black Widow? I don't know. Something. Like? One seed, the one seed Black the one Widow. Seed the one seed planter. Guys, send okay. us your ideas. Send them to so, Michael. So, Iowa State plays on SEC+, Plus, which I'm pretty sure is like Big 12+, Plus, so it's ESPN+. Plus. I don't know why we have to call it all these other things. I think we can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. But again, okay. they play on Friday and hopefully again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yes. Friday and Saturday. So, um, those are all on ESPN+, Plus or SEC+, Plus or whatever the hell. But the national semifinal matches on ESPN and national championship on ESPN2. So, at least... At least this growing sport can get some national attention for the national championship. Oh my god! Okay, so speaking of you being really pissed, I have to get this off my chest, okay? Okay. So I'm sure most of you have seen this by now, but there's this Las Vegas Invitational or some stupid-ass name for this holiday tournament out in Vegas for the women's basketball, for four women's basketball teams. Number six, Indiana, goes to take on Auburn, and one of their poor athletic staff members tweets out this picture of where wh- where they're playing, and he didn't do it as like, guys, these facilities are crappy. He's like, yeah. we're ready to go out there and play Auburn, and everyone's like, whoa, this is a hotel ballroom with a court in the middle of it. There's no bleachers. Maybe there was a scoreboard. I don't know. The chairs for the spectators were literally banquet or like wedding reception chairs. And there were approximately four of them. (laughs) I have seen elementary school basketball tournaments with better facilities. And I'm not exaggerating. Like elementary school gyms are better than this bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So we... (laughs) So this actually reminded me of a lot of the places where like the G League plays. Yeah. Actually, it it reminded me of the bubble is what it really reminded me of is when the NBA was in the bubble. But a lot of like G League teams play in like ballrooms like this or smaller gyms like this. Well, and it's not. Yes. I know. But what they do is they make it special. Every seat, every seat is a club seat. Every seat is a suite. You know, like there are bleachers. Like they make it look like it's fancy. Yeah. I mean, that's all. So so many of these holiday tournaments are hotel ballrooms. We know that we're not dumb. Stop whatever you're, those of you who are listening, these dumb girls, we know, we know. We get it. It was like, grab your, grab your chair as you come in. You know, when you're at a, you know, when you're at a wedding and you sit in a chair and then they're like, can you also bring your chair to the reception with you? Like it's over there. That's what it was like. Your head's going to explode. If you haven't seen this already, they told them to bring towels from their hotel rooms because they didn't have towels. Oh my gosh. Guys, it looked like crap. Okay? If you don't have the money to have a proper tournament, don't host a tournament. Okay, yes. And I have like 800 problems with this. And one of them, I, I so, I just, I'm so worked up right now. I can't even talk. I need to take a breath. I said to Ben, imagine the outrage if a men's team showed up to this. And he said, that would never happen. No. And that is the issue. There, yeah. there would be no outrage because it literally would have never happened. Right. 
And my, I, I so wish that Auburn, so it was Auburn, Memphis, um, Indiana and Colorado state were the teams out there. I wish their coaches would have come together and said, we're not playing in this. Yeah. Like, take us to a middle school gym in Vegas somewhere. We're not doing this. Yeah. I appreciate why they can't. I mean, you know, they need to get these games in whatever, but yeah. imagine if they had done that. Imagine the statement that would have made. And I just really wish they would have. I did see some statements from some of the coaches though, saying yeah. like, this is embarrassing. Like this does not mm-hmm. move the game forward whatsoever. And we've talked about this, like the women's game in almost every aspect is an infant compared mm-hmm. to the age, the maturity we'll yes. say of these men's teams. Like, and you are not, you're, you're not giving them the right car seat here. It's yes, time to move from the five point harness to the booster. It, it is. And we've put them in a rear facing. Yeah. We put these four teams in a rear facing. Yeah. You want to hear a weird, gross twist to this? Yeah. So the tournament organizer we find out is his name is Bryce McKee. He was a former women's basketball assistant coach at Xavier in Maryland, but his stint at Maryland was cut short because he was accused of sexual assault of a player he coached at Xavier. And then a second player came forward with a similar, similar accusation. And ultimately he was found not guilty. Um, and the one, instance where they brought charges but boy it just makes you wonder like what in the fire <laughs> festival is this shit like wh- are they also I know. sleeping are they also sleeping in tents with cardboard beds it might as well be i'm stressed my lower I'm- back it hurts from this. So in law school, I developed this. Okay. You know, the Socratic method where they call in one person, you're that you are on call the entire class period. No. So, okay. That's what happens in law school. The teacher calls. I thought, on you. Ta- I thought we were talking about sciatica <laughs> when you said that. And I was okay. Like, so I'm in, crim that. Law, I'm in crim law, the first year of law school, first semester. And the professor calls on me. And I pick, I like start picking my thumb under my desk while he's talking. I've never done this before. And I look down at the end of class. It's like blood down my hand because I was picking so hard at my skin, at my thumb. And I do from that day forward. I do that when I'm stressed out. I'm doing it right now. Steph, so you had to answer all the questions in the whole class for the whole, the whole class period. This yeah. is the stupidest thing I've ever it, heard. Who came up with that? Socrates. Yes. Yeah, some white guy who Listen, thought it was brilliant. And we've stuck Socrates. with it 400 years, despite it being absolutely asinine. Sit on attack. this late night with steph and elisa this is what's going on late night okay i have one more drink (laughs) one more disturbing story for you okay go ahead okay so do you remember last year um stanford soccer their their goalie Katie Meyer, she committed suicide and it was this crazy shock because standout athlete um super smart was planning to go to law school at Stanford, like, you know, all things trending in the right direction. And she commits suicide. Yeah. Well, last week her parents filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Stanford, um, alleging that a disciplinary letter sent to their daughter was a form of quote, institutional bullying and caused distress that impulsively led to her suicide. So let me walk you through what happened. Okay. 
So in the summer before she committed suicide, she is on her bike and allegedly spills or throws coffee at a football player that she believed had sexually assaulted a freshman teammate of hers who was a minor at the time. So she does this. She, she throws or spills coffee on this football player. This football player is um, the sexual allegation. Uh, the allegations of sexual assault are reported to the university. Title IX office doesn't do anything. The university doesn't do anything. He's not charged. It just goes away. But Meyer, Katie Meyer, gets this disciplinary letter um, regarding that coffee incident. And she gets a five-page letter saying that she is going to be potentially removed from the university and they place a hold on her degree three months shy of graduation. She's given this letter at like seven o'clock at night after hours. And um, her parents say the letter contained threatening language regarding the sanctions. Her parents believe that she had what they call an acute stress reaction that impulsively led her to commit suicide that night in February of 2022. They say that leading up to that point, she had no red flags. I This is one of those situations where we're never going to know the full story, the true story. There's always going to be several sides and pieces of this that we don't know because she's no longer here. But something is bizarre about this. Yeah. And I feel like I, I just and Stanford has um, come out and said, you know, we reached out to her several, several days before sending her that disciplinary letter. She knew it was coming. It wasn't a shock to her. But I'm curious about this. What is the standard where you get potentially removed from school for like throwing coffee at someone? Yeah. It's all, I just feel like the whole thing is very weird. I'm and wondering what, what you're writing in it that's five pages long. I know. I, this, I, and also, feel, what, what was the football player's disciplinary action? Nothing. They said that, um, they, Stanford has referred to the incident as a quote unquote unwanted kiss. And everyone else has referred to the incident as allegations of sexual um, assault. An unwanted kiss gets an unwanted splash. It just, I just, I feel like this either, it, two things are going to happen. Two things, alternatives. It goes away and we never hear about it ever again. Or some really ugly stuff is going to come out in this lawsuit. And I don't really think there's a medium there. An like unwanted kiss, I'm that that that's serious to me like an unwanted I, yes. kiss to me right so if that's gonna a, write five pages about a coffee then we're gonna write yes. five pages about an unwanted well kiss. and what would cause what would lead this very smart very put together 22 year old to go chuck a coffee at someone right i don't know Interesting. I'm always very hesitant um, in these cases because they're so sensitive. And I don't want to suggest that that football player did anything. Who the hell knows? Right. All I know is that there is a lot that we there is a lot of details that we don't know. Yeah. And 
there are a lot of things that aren't being said that, like I said, either we never hear about this again and the university and the parents figure it out on their own or it's going to get ugly. Yeah. And I don't think you should take it upon yourself to do something. No, I do think that we should hold schools to a higher standard. And I don't think that what happened after the allegations of sexual assault should mean that we don't follow up and we don't hold Stanford accountable for what they didn't do. Or it's um, okay. So this is kind of a nerdy example, but for a long time. So the way it works in Iowa for lawyers is if someone files a complaint against you and the, this commission decides that the complaint is worthy. It goes up to the Supreme Court and they decide how, you know, what kind of a punishment you could get. OK, so for a long time, the Supreme Court, if an attorney embezzled money from their clients, you would get suspended for a year, for two years, maybe even indefinitely. But when it came to like sexually or sorry, you know, abusing your wife or sexually assaulting a client, it was like a slap on the wrist. Mm. And there was a point when the lawyers in the community and this is recently were like these you got to figure out like what's more important you can't you can't suspend someone's license for money and give them a slap on a wrist for physically hurting a human right and i kind of feel like that's what's going on here we don't know what happened with the sexual assault stuff but then you are potentially expelling a good student because she threw coffee on someone right and i guess i don't i mean you don't want to minimize any violence i get that but it just like these two things are not adding up right interesting yeah really interesting anyway we'll keep an eye on it um last week we always mention these little nuggets when we see them but last sunday number one so this is two sundays ago before thanksgiving number one south carolina um took on number two stanford and women's basketball it was on espn it averaged actually i think it was on abc i'm sorry it averaged seven hundred twenty-seven thousand viewers and peaked at 1.2 million viewers making it the third largest regular season game um, on an ESPN platform in six seasons. And the coolest part of that was it was going head to head with Sunday NFL football and it still performed ridiculously well. So Alisa, it's like we always say, it's weird if you put women on a regularly accessible channel, people watch. I feel like we could just press a button and have it say that. (laughs) That was my last little nugget. Well, Um, we got some stuff. I got this from Sean Jankowski, a friend of ours. Yes. Um, and then it showed Good up call. on my feed like soon after. But um, 18-year-old Olivia Picardo um, is the first woman on a NCAA D1 varsity baseball team. So she's playing for Brown University, um, and she'll be playing this spring for them. Really cool. That's really cool. And I, I think it sounds like um she possibly played with them. They had like maybe a fall a fall, short fall season. Yeah, maybe like just a, a short season, but now during the official season, she's officially on the team. So thought that That's was pretty really cool. cool. Yeah. Yes. And she like she wasn't say, recruited. Yeah, she wasn't recruited by them or anything. She just had like a stellar walk on um what do you call it? Tryout? Tryout. Yeah. Yeah. Tryout. I'm here for you. <laughs> Thanks. A what was foggy. her name again? Can you say her name again? Yeah. Olivia P- Picardi. No. <laughs> Olivia Picardo. P I C H A R D O. So good job, Olivia. Picardo. But I think We're it is proud of you. probably Picardo. And 
Oh, he just says Olivia is going to play played with us in the fall and she's going to play with us in the spring. It's really cool. Is that all you got? That's all I got. That was a hell of an episode, Elisa. It was. Man, you get us in we the really late went night. For it. We really did. We knocked it out of the park. Whoop, whoop. Well, um, keep an eye out for the Cyhawk matchup next week. Like we said, it's going to be a slugfest. We're excited to come back and, and talk about it. And um, yeah, stay tuned. I think it's going to be a really fun basketball season. Mm-hmm. And good luck to the volleyball team in the NCAA tournament. Let's go. Go Cyclones. Go State.